0: Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of the Unshakable Podcast. My name is Sam and I am your podcast host. The Unshakable Podcast is an extension of Unshakable Ministries where our goal is to educate, equip, encourage, and empower Christ followers to live the life that Christ expects us to live. Ways that you can find us on social media, if you will go over to Facebook and search Unshakable Podcast, you will find us there. On Instagram, our username is unshakable underscore podcast. And on Twitter, our username is unshakable underscore one. And that is the numerical value one. For ways that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation, if you're listening this morning, we want to be the first to say welcome to the Unshakable Nation. For other ways that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation, if you will check your show notes Right there in your podcast app, you will see links to other ways that you can become a part of the Unshakable Nation. As always, we want to continue to thank those who are giving in support of the show. If that's something that you so feel led to do, by all means, please. We ask that you first consider praying about it before you. Do commit to give. We want to make sure that you are being obedient to the Spirit. And if you feel that the Spirit is leading you to give to support the show, by all means, be obedient to the Holy Spirit. We always want to encourage that. Uh, but again, prayerfully, prayerfully, prayerfully consider that. Um, for the you know the b- best way, the biggest way, the most important way that you can become a part of the unshakable Nation is through your prayers. We covet your prayers greatly. We ask that you just continue to lift us up just praying that we would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, joining God where he is already at work, impacting the world one life at a time with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So guys, as we dive in this week, Easter weekend is upon us. The uh, Resurrection Sunday is upon us. And, you know, I know I missed last week, and I'll go ahead and just say, hey, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Last week was a crazy, crazy week. For those of you who don't know, I do run a small business Um, And it is a physical business. It is not from my house. I actually am in the field working. I work in the home repair and and commercial repair and maintenance industry. And I am out and about constantly. Last week was an extremely busy week. On top of that, we had a sick child. And uh, that that took uh, priority over being able to sit down and actually record the episode for last week. So sorry, not sorry. That's just, you know, I've told you guys before. I'm just going to be honest and frank with you. There are things in life that take priority, and one of those is my family. And I always want to make sure that I am tending to them, as is my responsibility above everything else. But I want to thank you guys for continuing to hang in there as we have been going through this series. We started the series According to Jesus, and we've been going through that and looking at that. And I just want to, this week, I want to take just a brief intermission here on, on that series just because of what this weekend represents and what this entire week has represented in the history of our faith in Jesus Christ, in the history of Christianity, looking at what this week really means to us and what it really represents in the life of of a Christ follower, of a disciple of Christ, you know, and you the way that I look at Resurrection Sunday, I look at this entire week is, you know, we, we've we already talked about this one in, in the series, According to Jesus, and it's blessed are the poor in spirit. And it's really what, what that means is to recognize our spiritual helplessness, that apart from Christ, we are nothing, we have nothing, we are worth nothing apart from Christ. But, you know, when I think about this week leading up to what what happens you know um you know on, on this day in history and then tomorrow and then the resurrection we see and i think a great representation is again there's there's a lot of cinematography that goes into that and i don't think we will ever know what christ actually physically went through for us but i think when you watch the movie the passion of the christ i think that gives us a sense of visual representation uh to see a little bit of what christ went through but when we look at this and we see how christ was treated you know we we can't get wrapped up and caught up in the the persecution that that he went through the the torment that he went through yes that's that is all a part of it but we have to understand the reasoning behind that why he had to go through what he went through and when you look at the history of mankind from the fall of man in genesis we see what this caused, and it caused this separation between God and man. And when this separation was created, there, there there, had to be a medium. There had to be a gap that was filled. There had to be a bridge to get us back to that relationship with God that, that we were meant to have from the very beginning of creation with the Father. And that's what we see in Christ is the perfect representation of the Father And also at the same time, when we see that representation of of the father in Christ, we also see that the father through Christ created an opportunity for us to be reconciled back to him through what Christ went through. Now, listen, everything in the life of Christ is leading up to that reconciliation, you know, yes, he had to die on the cross and he had to be buried and, and he had to rise on the third day. That's all part of it. But we ha- what we have to understand is everything leading up to that point is critical to understand in the way that Christ lived his life. And when we look at the way that Christ lived his life, he lived his life in complete obedience to the Father. He was perfect. He was sinless. And he had to be. In order for us to be reconciled to the Father, everything had to be fulfilled perfectly. And Christ was the perfect fulfillment of that. So when we see, you know, Christ references the law in his ministry, when he's talking about the law and and, and that the law had to be fulfilled. And Christ is that perfect fulfillment of the law. Therefore, freeing us from the law, you know, Christ didn't just free us from the bondage of sin. He created. He He freed us from the bondage of the the law, the written Torah. You know, as we see that that is that is fantastic news that that Christ fulfilled that imperfection because we were incapable of doing that. We didn't have what it took to be able to pay for our own sin. So God, through Christ Jesus, took on that sin. And nailed it to the cross and put it to death. He finished it. He fulfilled it right there on the cross. Why? Because he loved us that much. We see that throughout all of scripture. That God shows his love towards us. And and we see what Romans 5.8 says. It says that God loved us in this. That while we were lost in our sin. While we were separated from God. And there was nothing that we could do to get back to God. While we were lost. Christ came and died for us. This is how God demonstrated his love towards us, that he, in his love, took care of that sin debt. He paid it for us. He made a way when there was no way. And and I've said this before, and I will continue to say it, you know, I, I don't know how theologically anyone could stand in this place that says that Christ was God's plan B. I don't know how you can see that when you see the, the, the prophecies of Christ throughout the Old Testament leading up all the way to the New Testament. You see all of these prophecies. You can clearly see through this that Christ wasn't plan B. Christ wasn't a secondary plan. Christ and the story of redemption through him was always the plan. It was always because God all knowing, all knowing. All foreknowledge, being able to see the future, knowing what is going to happen, know the choices that man is going to make, knowing that man is going to rebel against him. This is true love. This is this is how we see the perfect love of God coming to fruition, is because he knew exactly what we would do and how we would rebel and turn against him. He knew in that perfect love, he still followed through with his plan. Christ was always the plan. And Romans tells us that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. Me, you, everybody. You know, just this week, in full disclosure, I failed a test miserably this week. And I was reminded immediately after I failed that test, immediately after, that I am a sinner. That I have fallen short of the glory of God. And no matter where I am in my journey with Christ, I still fall short of the glory of God and therefore am in need of a Savior. And that is Jesus Christ. And not only am I in need of a Savior, I'm in need of a king. I'm in need of the only perfect king, and that king is Jesus Christ. So we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I'm so thankful that what Romans chapter 10 tells us, right? When we look at that, it tells us that if we will confess with our mouth and we will believe in our heart that we will be saved. It says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him on the third day that we will be saved. And when this comes about, there comes this life confession confession through our actions that that we continually confess through our life and through our actions that Christ is our Lord, that Christ is our King, that Christ is the Savior that we needed. And we continue to do this day in and day out in, in the midst of the sanctification process. And that's what I'm constantly reminded of when I, you know, when I brought it up a moment ago after I failed the test this week, I was immediately reminded of being poor in spirit of recognizing that, you know, sometimes we have a tendency to get on, on this self-righteous kick and we tend to be like the Pharisee that Jesus talked about that is, is going into the temple and he's praying and he's saying, thank you that I'm not like this tax collector, that I'm not like this sinner back here. We all have a tendency to get like that. Sometimes we need to remember that we're in the position of the tax collector. That we need to cry out and beat our chest to the Father and say, we're not worthy. Forgive a sinner like me. That we're not worthy to approach the throne of God. But through Christ Jesus, the veil was torn and now we can boldly approach the throne of God. Because he is our Father, and He desires to have that relationship with us. I'm not perfect. if you're looking to me as the picture of perfection, you will be disappointed, very sorely disappointed. I just want to live my life for Jesus. I want to share the love of Jesus. I want to be a changed man day, daily, day in and day out i want to I want to get better. You know, I don't want to be perfect until the day that God perfects me in my new body. Today, I just, I want to be what Christ has created me to be. I want to continue to learn. I want to continue to grow in my faith. I want to continue to recognize my spiritual helplessness. I want to continue to recognize that I was in need of a Savior. This keeps me humble see, you too are in need of a Savior. And if, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and I'm not talking some superficial relationship with Jesus. No, I feel like that is a picture that the world has painted for so many people and has endangered their eternity by th- making them believe that it, it's a simple, oh, I believe in Jesus. No, it's more than that. It's committing your life to him and serving him. It is a, as I said, it is a life confession. It is not a one-time thing that we do. It is, We're not saved because we were raised in church, because we're members of a church, because we were baptized. None of these things are what saves us. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no special prayer that saves us. It's an opportunity for us to humble ourselves before God and say, God, forgive a sinner like me. And when we take that opportunity to go to the Father and and to express to Him our in humility our sin and confess that to Him, it says that He is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin. There's nothing that you've done that is outside the love and forgiveness of God. If you will only humble yourself and confess that sin to Him, He stands prepared. You know, the, the story of the prodigal son in, in Luke 15 tells us this wonderful story of a father whose son came to him and basically said, I wish you were dead. I want my inheritance now. And the son goes and he he blows that inheritance and he ends up in a in a pig pen feeding pigs, wishing that he only had enough, you know, had what the pigs were eating. And he says, if I will just go back to my father and I will confess to my father and tell him that I'm not worthy and I, I will just be one of his servants but it says that when the son began to go home it says when he was still a far way off the father saw him and the father ran out to meet him and this is a picture of God the Father who would uh, when we finally get to that state in our hearts and in our minds that says God forgive me God I want I want to come home to you it said you know this is a representation of God running out to meet us and say There is my child. You once were lost, but you've been found. You once were dead, but now you have been made alive again. And and we see that the father throws this massive celebration for this son who was gone. Because his forgiveness was there and it was ready to be received once the son returned home. So we see that if we will confess our sin. God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. And guess what? Cleanse us of all. All. That word all literally means all. Everything. Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. This is the great story of redemption. This is what the what Resurrection Sunday represents for us, is that when Christ rose from the dead, death had been defeated. Sin had been defeated. The law had been fulfilled. Everything was done. As Jesus closed his eyes on the cross and breathed his last breath, he said, it is finished. And when he ascended to the Father, this was a symbol of the fact that he is now an intercessor for us, to the Father. The Father no longer looks on us and sees our sin and and everything that we're guilty of, our filthiness. No, what he sees is is the, the blood of his Son covers us. This is the blanket of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, what was offered. The debt was paid. So we no longer have to We no longer owe that debt. And because of that, Christ, in paying that debt and redeeming us and reconciling us back to the Father, also granted us eternal life with the Father. This is the story. This is Resurrection Sunday. And this is what it represents in the life of a Christ follower. Let us not go into this weekend lighthearted. You know, I think so many times that's we grow cold and indifferent to what this really represents. Let us take a moment to pause and take it all in and remember what this weekend is really all about. Father God, we love you. God, we thank you so much for what you did. God, that you reach down in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our rebellion, that you reach down through your son, Jesus Christ, out of your love for us to create a path of reconciliation back to you. God, we know and we recognize we can never repay you for that. But God, what we can do while we are here is we can live out the rest of our days committed to you committed to your purpose allowing Christ to be the king and the lord of our lives and as paul puts it no longer living our lives for ourselves but living our faith our our lives by faith in the son of god who loved us and gave himself up for us let us confess him as lord let us live as if he is lord in our lives let us never forget what this time of year represents, what this week represents, what this Sunday represents. God, today is is Thursday for me, but Sunday is coming. And God, I thank you that that trumpet is going to sound. And that means that someday is coming because of what Christ did for us, creating a path of reconciliation. Someday is coming as well, where we will be completely united with you in eternal life, in your kingdom. God, we love you and we thank you for what you've done. We pray you continue to work in our lives, that we would not simply say the words, but God, we would live out what we truly confess and profess to believe. We would live it out. We would show the love of Christ. We would carry the message of Christ to the world, regardless of what it costs. God, let us become unshakable in your purpose and in your mission for us. We will give you the glory, you the honor, and you the praise in Christ's name. Hey guys, I love you. And until next time, remain unshakable.